0: Hello and welcome to the Lager Talks podcast with Remy, Jimmy and Maya. This week we'll be delving into the fuzzy little world of ale. We'll be discussing bitters, golden ale and red or ruby ale, we're not quite sure. And after that we'll delve into the supermarket sweep feature once again.
1: So this last week has been good. We have just tried the Tetley's Lager.
2: Oh, number four.
1: Is, that, is yes. it number four?
2: Why is it? What makes it number four? It's the only, it's the fourth beer they've ever brewed.
0: I'll be honest, I'm not sure. On the back, there's quite a cryptic message about, oh shit, the bottle's over there, about brewing it the ale way. <laughs> so we're not really sure what that means, because if it's a lager, I don't know how...
1: But I'll tell you something interesting, Jimmy. Yes. I drank it, I took a taste of it, and I said, that tastes exactly like Stella. Oh
2: really? Yeah. Is it quite a dark...
1: I guess what percentage it is?
2: I'm going to say the same as Stella. Far... Is it, well, 4.6 4. 4. 4. 6 now. 4.6 now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, same colour as Stella, I'd say, quite dark.
2: Are we saying it's now Camden Hell's Mark II? <laughs> I brought out that trivia at the weekend, by the way. I was with someone who had a pint of Camden Hell's, and I nice. made the mistake of telling him about it and he just kind of glazed over, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice, nice, looking at another person, like, fucking get me away from this freak. <laughs>
0: it is also 4.6%, which is what the new Stella and Camden Camden I literally, literally just said that. Oh, sorry, that. I didn't hear that. I was reading. Uh, <laughs> I have just double-checked do you read, the facts, do you, you read with your
2: ears? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I can't multitask. There is one thing that I would say here is that Stella Artois Camden Hells, owned by AB InBev, Tetley's aren't. They're no. actually owned by the Carlsberg Group. So Yeah, so it doesn't look like it is the same, but it does taste very similar and is exactly the same percentage. I have no idea why Tetley's have bought this what out. What colour
2: is it? Generic lager. Oh, it's quite Generic. strawy. It's not like ambery.
0: No, 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 no. Like, you know oh, how, like,
2: Hop House is quite a... Yes, dog. yeah, it's not like that. Okay.
0: I guess Tetley's have done it to try and stay relevant. I mean, they've gone to the dogs, really, haven't they? It's too late. Yeah, yeah, it probably that is That too late. ship That's has sailed, sailed, sir. It's not even... Bre- I mean, it, like, I think it was originally from Hunslet in Leeds, but it's, uh, it's now brewed in Northampton, so I think it's all over for Tetley's, I'll be honest. Didn't you stick st- to making tea bags? Yeah, obviously.
1: <laughs> That's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the right. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, What? <laughs> What about you, Rem? What have you enjoyed this past week,
0: in terms of in terms of alcoholic beverages?
1: That is that is what this podcast sorry, is about. Yes, yeah.
0: I did quite enjoy a bottle of the Bathams Best Bitter, which we'll discuss in a minute. Discuss okay. in a minute. Discuss in a minute. And then on Saturday, I proceeded to throw about twelve pints of generic lager down me. Um, Won't even name it. Well, it was a mix. Some of it was this German craft. Lager, yeah, was Pilsner, I think, actually from um, Mercato Metropolitana in Elephant and Castle, and some of it was from another bar there, and it was whoever would give it to me <laughs> quickest and with the the best ease of service,
2: which is saying something at the moment. Not to criticise our pubs and bars that have been closed so long, but the service. Is not quite how I remember it, if I'll be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it was all right. I mean, I can't complain. And then I actually was a teetotal on Sunday. I drove. Good man. Yeah, that was about it. So I haven't had a crazy beer adventure this week, I'll be honest.
1: What about you, Jimmy?
2: Well, during the week, my Brewdog and Friends order arrived. Yeah, some good beers in there. I haven't drunk them all yet. Pretty standard from Brewdog. Nothing special. There's a Cloud Horse one in there, which looks quite nice. I mean, I think what they're doing, I know neither of you are massive Brewdog fans, but reading their propaganda that comes with it it's it's a great idea really you know it's like one of these beer clubs which you know we you can subscribe to but the idea being that rather than shipping 100,000 cans of IPA from New Zealand over to England to then be reboxed and shipped to your house they just brew it all in at their bottling plant in Scotland whether they give the recipes to their you know the idea is their friends so it's like you know send us your recipe we'll make it to your spec we'll can it in however you want it branded and it's just a lot less well it's a lot better for the environment obviously but also their their kind of selling point is that it's double carbon negative so
1: i didn't realize that's what they were doing that's actually pretty cool yeah i'm not yeah i'm not a big brew fan but i thought it was all brew but it's it's not hadn't done my research yeah
2: it, so it's quite a nice idea and the fact that it's meant to be doubly carbon negative i think is good like they're saying that they're paying off all the carbon Emissions for all their staff—they're, you know, massively meant to be trying to help the environment. I know I'm—you know, Remy's about to come and school me here now with his. <laughs> Go on.
0: I'm not. I was just going to ask. So, what? How do they say they're? They're, they're achieving carbon so they're, negativity. They're
2: planting this follow forest in Scotland, which is like this mm. ninety-two million trees or something ridiculous.
0: Okay, yeah,
2: and yeah, for, and even the carbon for the tracking, like, so obviously, it, I don't if it's shipped by DPD. A lot of companies yeah. say, right, well, we'll we'll pay the carbon footprint for making the beer, but as soon as it leaves our warehouse, not our problem. They're even yeah. saying like TNT to your door. They're paying for that as well in carbon. Okay carbon coins that's good to see yeah and i think a lot of respect for that to be honest i know Brewdog isn't everyone's cup of tea but i think in some regards they are leading the charge in some things they're the only beer b corp in the world that is genuinely interesting and good stuff but apart from that yeah i had um, a few beers out this weekend had a couple of bitters which i'm sure we'll come on to later uh, as i was up in the north we went for a sunday roast on sunday and we're going for more drinks afterwards so they had five different car scales on and i made a point of Sticking to the low percentage ones, the second one I was like, oh, can I have the uh, XPA, please? Which was like the 3.5%. Bloke comes out with two cans of 6.5% ultra strong pale ale. And I was like, hmm, I didn't order those. He was like, yeah, (laughs) I did wonder why you'd gone from like the very low percentage pint to two cans of our strongest beer. (laughs) And I was like, but he'd already kind of poured them. So I was like, well, better drink them. (laughs) <laughs> and he did say, well, I won't charge you for them, you can have them for free. And I was like, oh, God, obviously he charged us for them. So. But yeah, I felt quite pissed after that, which is not oh. kind of what I wanted. But no, they were actually really nice beer, to be fair. Um, just a lot more alcohol than I was looking for.
0: So this week, we're going to take a little look at different types of ale. So ale itself, I think, viewed as quite a large big blob like part of the beer world that perhaps not everyone knows the sort of the intricacies of the different types or how many different types there are. So we're just going to focus on 3 this week just because otherwise we'd be naming types of ale off until I don't know well past sunset and and, and into tomorrow's waking up time.
1: Just means we have to do a little ale series. Yeah.
0: yeah. Luckily I love the stuff but not all of it, it turns out so this week we're just going to focus on bitter golden ales and red or ruby ales red and ruby there seems to be a little bit of confusion on for our research so maybe we're completely wrong on all of it
2: or or just especially wrong on on the yeah
0: especially wrong on this and you 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 think you know the answers please message us but not in a hateful and horrible way you'll be glad to know listeners and jim and that there's no no quiz this week
2: oh oh how am i
0: going to find out my facts I know. You know what's going to
2: happen this week.
1: He's going he's to sprinkle those facts through the mm. conversation. We're
0: going to sprinkle those facts.
2: Well, you'll be sprinkling them because we don't know the facts.
1: Yeah. I'll be, I'll be
0: sprinkling. I'll be sprinkling and boring people, and then hopefully you two will come in with some particularly apt cultural references that will be both enlightening but also slightly niche and relevant. And most importantly, relevant. So, have you both cracked open a bitter? Yes.
1: Yes, my first ever bitter.
0: Um, What bitter have you got, Maya?
1: I've got Batham's Best Bitter, 4.3%. The tagline is, brewers of genuine beer since 1877. And there is a Shakespeare quote on the back.
2: And where's it from?
1: It's from the West Midlands. Daniel Batham and Son, Briarley Hill, West Midlands. And yes, it says a Shakespeare quote, which is, Blessing of your heart, you brew good ale.
0: Do you think they brew good ale?
1: Okay, so obviously I have nothing to compare this to because I don't know what a bitter I've never had one before and I don't know what a bitter is or what it should taste like because it's me. But here's here's my um here's my thoughts. It fucking stinks. <laughs> horribly, horribly smells really bad. But tastes delicious.
0: Oh really? <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so this is So I was going to get you both to run through what you're drinking at the moment and then we'll talk about the style because I don't want to talk about the style. Yeah, without And then it colour what you think.
1: I'll tell you for why I think it's delicious. Okay, tell me for Just why. Just because I've had a bit of feedback. We've both had a bit of feedback. That we need to go into more detail about what the beers taste like.
2: I'm not very good at that. <laughs> Does it taste nice? It tastes like yes. beer, doesn't it? What do you want from me?
1: So what the reason that I actually quite like the taste of this is because a it is very sweet i think this is really sweet in regards to ales and stuff that that we've had
0: so to confirm you're going to drink all of that he's Do you want it fuming. No, no, it's just fuming yes. you are i'm going to open this yeah
1: you open that one excellent yeah i, I think it's really sweet i think of the ales and stuff that i have had it's one of the sweeter ones i've had and also secondly it doesn't have any of the no hop. no hoppy bitterness on the back of my throat that i hate
2: okay
0: jim what are you drinking mate
2: i am also drinking a beer from the west midlands i've got banks's exceptional amber bitter
0: only the best for you only
2: the best for me it was the only bitter on offer in Tesco's I then went to Sainsbury's to try and find a different bitter they had none so I then went to a different Tesco's which believe it not was sold out of Banks's Amber Bitter so thank god I picked it up in the first Tesco's I went to Ugh, let's be honest I don't think by anyone's standards it's a good quality bitter I think it's distinctly average obviously Marston's now is owned by Carlsberg is brewed in Wolverhampton still supposedly but yeah in all honesty it is okay been in the fridge for a couple of days it is very cold and I think that is helping I think if this had come out of a cask and I'd had it on draft and it wasn't as cold as I've got it I wouldn't really be enjoying it quite as much I think I'm enjoying it because it's colder rather than anything else at the moment
0: yeah I mean I can't remember I think maybe I've sent it on draft once
2: yeah I don't think I've ever volunteered to have it on draft
0: but you know. a kind of bloody long time ago. And like you say, it is, I mean, ultimately it's like a quid, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's so cheap in the supermarket and it's so cheap on draft. It is literally like the Fosters of the the ale world or the bitter world, I should say.
1: What are you drinking, Wim?
0: So I'm on um, Good Old Boy, Best Bitter, which is by the West Berkshire Brewery. I don't know who actually owns West... Berkshire Brewery, because I don't think they're independent. I don't know why I've got that sneaky feeling. As a committed bitter drinker...
2: As a card-carrying bitter drinker.
0: (laughs) As a card-carrying bitter drinker, I think... Do I like it? Yes. I'd say it's on the bitter scale of things that are quite... A slightly more intense flavour. A lot of bitters I don't think necessarily pack massive punch but they kind of sit in the middle and they do their job and being really refreshing. This one I think is more heavy on the sort of nuttier side and that you do get a few of like Bermondsey's best which is something I was banging on about the other week. Yep. That's like a walk through the forest, the autumnal forest, and it's delicious. This is a bit more on that, so it's not particularly... It's a bit of a, on the darker side for bitters.
2: Um, I was going to say, can we like do it? a bit of a colour comparison? Because I think between us, we've got three very different... Obviously, yeah. no good for our audio-only listeners. I mean, Remy, yours is almost... Amber or brown, I would say. I mean, mine is an amber bitter, but in comparison, mine is mine could virtually be a lager in comparison to yours, looking at the colour difference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Uh, so
1: I I was I've been drinking this. I've drunk about half of it. I was thinking this is delicious. Maybe I like bitter. Maybe I'm going to order a bitter. Had a mouthful of Remy's. Not going to order a bitter, because if it's going to taste like that, I'm not going to like it.
0: Yeah. Well, this this is the thing. And, and the fact that, you know, mine clearly on the darker side, then probably Myers, and then Jim's on the heavier side. On the heavier side, sorry, the lightest side. Yeah. Um, and our kind of initial uh, initial impressions of all these beers and how
2: varied they all are very much reflects the style. What's your percentage, Rem? Uh, mine's 4%, sorry. So we've worked our way 4%. up from 3.8 to 4 and what was
1: yours, my 4.2? Yeah. 4.3. 4. So I've got the strongest one. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. And that's actually Bones, quite high for Bones a bitter, well
1: really. Uh, bodes well for this podcast. <laughs>
0: so if we drill down into what bits actually are, I've on the camera website to look at their official descriptions of every sort of traditional style knocking about. And bitters actually got two separate sections, bitters and best bitters, and then there's premium bitters. So we're not going to talk about premium bitters today, we're just talking about bitters and best bitters. So just to give you an idea, camera reckon it's, uh should be up to 4.3%, so you're on the very tip of the scale, Maya. They can be amber, <laughs> amber to dark brown in colour, which, you know, I definitely say mine's on, on the dark brown. And usually they've got a fair bit of malt, but they have sort of earthy, spicy, pepper, peppery or floral slash piney hops. And they, they say a key thing really is citrus can be present, but it can't dominate. Yeah. And generally the bitterness is light to strong. But to be honest, I've never really had a really bitter bitter.
2: I have, but I couldn't tell you who it was. I remember I've had a couple when I've been in pubs and had a one-off and I've kind of had one and gone I cannot and you know you always you know when you sometimes wonder is this off because yeah uh, you know am I just gonna be make a real scene if I refuse to drink any more of this Remy what was it I had when we were down in um over i had to send oh. that beer back that was a bitters, wasn't it? that was
1: terrible oh, i think yeah.
2: all the beer in that pub was terrible i think everything in that pub was terrible was yeah. that that second pub
1: that we went to on the way home yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm
2: assuming so yeah james
1: had to send his back as well i
2: think james took mine back for me
1: one thing i will say i don't think mine tastes earthy spicy peppery floral or piney
2: now i think that description is and again maybe i'm just not very good at describing beer but i wouldn't really use any of those words to describe any bitter I've had.
0: So my from my impression of yours, my, which I do quite like, I think that tastes quite... It makes me think of like straw and like the summer. There's another beer that makes me think that as well. It's that Thomas Watkins one, Carew Horf. Crew half.
1: half or crew braf?
0: Half. So I think the kind of things we've touched on already show that it's actually quite a wide range of style. Like there is, It's not as simple as like maybe a stout or, or an IPA in that things are actually quite broad with Britters. And some of you that, just
1: said Britters. Ugh, yeah. Some
0: <laughs> things are quite broad with Bitters and it's not kind of easily seen. There's so no so one kind dis- of
2: just dis- defining.
0: Precisely. So I thought that in mind and when I have been out about drinking Bitters I've always thought... Bloody hell! There's quite a lot of variety here, so I did a bit digging into um, sort of the backstory. Why is it called bitter? Where's the name come from? What's actually going on here? Because it kind of, to me, could be quite a few things wrapped into one. So there's kind of a few stories knocking about. The predominant one seems to be one that Wikipedia mentions, which was that in sometime in the sort of 1800s in the 19th century, bitter was used to describe some pale ales. Yep. And that those pale ales, it was before when you were there were pump clips in pubs. So you'd go in, they'd probably only have like two beers on, and to make sure, you, if you didn't want the mild, you just ask for the bitter, which was kind of the paler ale they had. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah. So I think that potentially that's where it's come from. But then there's an American food website, food culture website called The Takeout, and they had sort of a, a brewer on there, and she was describing it as, as the key thing for a bitter is it's it's neither really the malt nor the hops that are too overwhelming, and generally it has a dry finish. And then she suggested it was kind of became a, a phrase in the uk to kind of distinguish from mild again or lager so it seems to cover all manner of sins to be honest
2: yeah it's basically an all-round term and but where does the term bitter like is it just because it was more bitter than than I
0: think because it was more bitter than the mild
1: one thing i'm learning obviously of the three of us i've come into this as the being of this is that it's very annoying <laughs> that there seems to be these overarching terms that now don't really tell you it don't really like, make any what, it's gonna, what it's going what yeah. it's going to taste like you know like the IPA episode and since that episode i've actually started drinking IPA and oh my god like and i understand that you can put different fruits and shit in it and that's not what i'm saying but like there's just such a variation how can you know you know that you're going to like it like so for example gin you say i have a gin Yeah, you can get different flavourings, different things, you know, but you can distinguish it all as gin. Our two bitters here, obviously I can't try Jimmy's because he is in another location, taste completely different and I wouldn't even think they were the same style of beer.
0: Mm, yeah
1: it's really irritating because then i try a beer and i'm like oh maybe i like this style and then we're out and then i order one that's a different one and it's fucking disgusting
0: yeah well i think that's the whole thing with beer the the styles even then are kind of rough guidelines
2: and and i think brewers kind of enjoy that don't they Uh, certainly the kind of the modern craft movement but even with things like bitters which is you know no one is going around saying bitter is a modern invention it's this idea that people kind of take it and run with it and do what they want with it and then turn back and go yeah, it's a bitter, when, you know, it might not be.
0: Yeah, what do we kind of feel about bitter, both of you? What would you kind of put a reference for it before this? Because, you know, you've just touched on the craft thing, Jim. I see very few craft brewers making bitters.
1: Yeah, this is like old man pub to me. Well, this is yeah. like what my gran- what my grandfather orders when we go to the pub. it yeah,
0: it's because your grandfather's got great
2: taste. <laughs> <laughs> and you fell foul of the ever-present bitter smell. Earlier, in, in that yeah you know, it can be a great yeah. tasting beer, but even as a fan of the beer, I am not immune to when you kind of <laughs> give the pint that pint a bit of a sniff. You're like, "Oh, is this is this yeah, good?" Yeah, like
1: mine smells quite like a farm.
2: Yeah, it's a farty old man smell. Let's be honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it does smell like a fart. Would you? Kind of agree, Jim. That it's kind of an old. I so, yeah. I think it's an old. I think I think old is maybe doing a lot of people a disservice. It's not a young man's drink. Let's put it that way. I think mm. yeah, it's a middle aged bloke's drink. It certainly was a young man's drink at one point. And I think the problem is those young men have all grown up, are still drinking bitter, and no one's re- and no young men have replaced them. When I go and stay with Anna's family, who live in just outside of Manchester, you know, if I go out with Anna's dad, I mean, he's lived in Manchester his virtually his whole life. They live near a brewery, which is the JW Lee's Brewery, which we talked about before. Lee's do a bitter, and it's just, you know, it's just JW Lee's bitter. You can only get it in the pubs around there. You can't, they don't bottle it or sell it in the supermarkets. You can't get anywhere outside of their pubs, basically. I really like it. Whenever I go there, I'm always ordering the bitter. But kind of, it's a bit of a running joke with amongst Anna's dad and his friends, because they're like, why do you like, you know, it's just, it's so average. And I kind of spoke to him about it. It was like, you've got to remember, I've been drinking this bitter since I was probably 15. And he's now in his late 50s. He's like, I've probably had thousands of pints. So the novelty for him has completely worn off. But he'll still go out and drink it. But he's like, I've probably literally drank thousands of pints of this over the years.
1: It kind of feels like Bitter is waiting for the rebrand that IPA had.
2: But I also think in some ways it's the conservative choice because it it hasn't changed. So it's a safe Mm. bet. If you know what you're, if you've had the bitter before, you know what you're getting.
1: Yeah, like in, in the way that IPA was made fruity, like I can't really see those sort of changes being able to be made to a bitter and for it to still remain a bitter.
0: Yeah, I mean, potentially some of the reasons it hasn't really had a big phase in craft is, in my opinion, the whole point of the bitter is, well, it's not the whole point, but a key factor is largely it's not like crazy full of flavour. Yeah,
2: it should be very mellow. You, It's a, yeah. it's a thing you drink in volume. You know, it's
0: literally a session beer. Yeah, yeah. And it should be nice and it should be refreshing, but really it should sit behind what you and whoever you're with are doing or yeah, talking. Yeah, if you're having or a or meal, about.
2: it can go with the meal. It's not going to overpower it. And if you're sat there talking, it's not a beer you should get fed up of. Like, if I, like those crazy ipas you can get as nice as they are you have one or two you're not going back for more even though some of them Mm. they call themselves session ipa and even if they're not strong percentage the flavor is so much they make you feel a bit sick whereas the idea of a bitter you can have five or six pints might be drunk might not be drunk but you won't be fed up of the taste
0: yeah you've got a better chance of not being too drunk
2: as well i Um,
1: literally think i could drink five pints of this yeah it's it's good
0: stuff another thing that probably has damaged bitter Is that So after the war, it was actually kind of the dominant traditional British beer style. But then as the breweries went to consolidate and cut down on costs, they started pumping out all this keg bitter.
2: I was about to say, Rem, what's the biggest selling bitter in Britain? The best selling bitter in Britain?
0: Right here, right now. Yeah, I Um, only looked this
2: up five minutes ago, which is the only reason I know.
0: So in my head, it's got to be one of the really crap keg bitters.
2: It's not? No, well, such as? Such as?
0: John Smith's, Worthington's, Boddington's. John Smith's is still the best-selling bitter. That is harrowing apparently shocking stuff and those bitters really like they're not bitters they're, I mean, as far as
2: i'm concerned but they're crap yeah
0: they're, crap. they're devoid of flavor they yeah. stripped out a lot of the flavor put them in kegs chilled them down to a super cool as cold possible, so it's yeah. shove loads of nitrogen in them so you can't taste it to make it smoother because they thought that's how they could compete with lager mm. definitely those beers just kind of the, the way they went down in quality as well i think probably That is also why it's an old man beer. Yeah. Because people were stuck drinking that if they didn't necessarily like lager. Didn't really have another choice until the 2000s. If I was to put this out there, you might disagree with me, but I'd also say there's probably a a regional divide in the UK between bitter and non-bitter. Even though I'm not saying there are no bitters in certain places, but I'd say generally...
2: Oh, yeah, I, I agree. In my
0: head, I think of the North.
2: Yeah, I'd say it's a Midlands and Up thing. For me, bitter is synonymous with manchester sheffield the you know the northeast the northwest and the midlands basically
1: i think it's quite like it's got like working men connotations you know like
2: again it's cheap and cheerful it, it you, yeah. you can drink a lot of it without getting drunk it's a sort of you know people drinking working men's clubs
1: yeah exactly
2: do you think and i'm not saying i believe this because i don't but do you think as well that potentially
0: that sort of like traditional like northern working class image potentially holds it back from the crafties as well or, or holds its image back generally uh, to be clear i am not having a pop i genuinely don't think but that think should be it, the case i
1: think it could like very easily be the next one that goes i just hope, do you know I hope it I mean? doesn't
2: oh jesus i hope it doesn't <laughs> I, they'll
0: fucking ruin it but yeah. really yeah, what's
1: left it. do you know what I mean? what's left well the-
0: there's black sheep Black sheep, best bitter? Crap. No, 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 no. Like, like, it means what's like left what to are left uh, to, oh, to
1: not be craftified?
0: There are still
2: a few knocking about. Yeah, but bitter's shit, got
1: to it. be one of the biggest that, that hasn't really had that resurgence. Yeah. I think so, the thing
2: is with the craft movement, obviously it's massive over here, but the craft movement is massive in America, New Zealand, and you don't really get bitter outside the UK. I think it probably won't be affected by the craft movement because it hasn't found its way over to America, to kind of be drunk in these hipster bars. Yeah, I mean, I've
0: always... Maybe this is a really biased summing up, but I generally quite like the style.
2: I like the fact that it's not
0: too much either way. It's usually quite refreshing. I usually associate it with being a good session beer. Nice and refreshing. It's my go-to
2: drink. Since when?
0: I, I've i never hated lager, to be clear. But when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to make a concerted effort to see what all this ale stuff's all all about. You
2: were the original hipster. <sighs>
0: Yeah, I think I've liked bitter since maybe like well, I was 21, 20, something like that. really liked black sheep when I first had that. I
1: really, um, you never mentioned black sheep I in life or on this I podcast.
0: I ended up drinking a load of northern bitter, basically, and I quite liked it. And since then, I love it. And there are some good examples in the south as well. But I would also say the southern ones are quite different from potentially the northern ones. But I do genuinely, and I firmly believe this, that if you're going to have a pint of bitter, it, it does need to be proper cask, and it needs to be with a Ooh. spigot on it.
2: Yeah, well, we haven't even touched on the spigot.
0: So here we are. We're on to golden ale now.
1: Are we all drinking the same? We are all
0: drinking the same. So Wainwright, the golden ale, as it's now referred to, tasting-wise, on the website, it describes itself as subtle sweet notes, delicate citrus aroma, and they do heavily advertise it to lager drinkers as saying, like, this is an alternative. Also, it's called the golden
2: beer, not the golden ale. I don't know if you want to have another stab at that. <laughs> let's, just, let's just be honest. I fucked up. Thank you, Jimmy. It's quite right.
0: It has its completely own standalone website. But the interesting thing is, it used to be brewed by Thwaites, which I believe is somewhere in Greater Manchester. But now it is brewed by Marston solely. Is so it? It's no longer Carlsberg. Thwaites. Oh yeah, no. Carlsberg Marston's, Marston's brewing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it used to be with Thwaites. So maybe they sold it off to Marston's, or maybe Marston's had an agreement with them before that that they they would brew it. But anyway, it's it's on to, it's on to Marston's now. It's four point one percent. Beer Advocate gave it 3.58 out of 5 and Untapped 3.27. Maya, tell me your thoughts about this beer.
1: Again, horrible, horrible smell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not a nice smell.
2: Better or worse. It's more copper penny-y, I think. Yeah,
1: it's very metallic smelling, which I think I'm just a bit scarred about after the... The Beck's experience. Oh, yeah. But it tastes delicious. Again, it's not overly hoppy. It's definitely more hoppy than the Bathams. Am I saying that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I call
2: Bathums. it Bathums, but I don't, I don't know. if it's Batham's Bathums. Bathums, Bathums, I Bathums. So, If
1: I was to pick, I'd go for the best bitter over this. This does have slightly more of the hoppy taste, but again, not enough to make me dislike it i've drunk lagers recently that are hoppier that i've i can't remember what lager that was that i had to give to you because i was like this mm. is too hoppy i agree with the back that it says it's very thirst quenching i can i can see that it, it's not in any way heavy it's, it's nice and refreshing
2: jim what about you mate i really like it as a beer i feel like the next i'm, I'm saying that to caveat because the next thing i <laughs> might not sound that great i think it's very bland but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I think it's very unoffensive. I couldn't... I don't really know how to describe this to you because I don't really think it has much of a flavour profile. And again, maybe I've got a terrible palate. But for me, it tastes like beer. It's light. It is refreshing. It's slightly more carbonated than the bitter. It's... it's you know, it's an ale, it's obviously, it's not a fizzy, but it is slightly more carbonated than other kind of ales you might get.
1: It's got the, the tongue tingle yeah,
2: fizz. Yeah, but in terms of flavour, I, I don't really know where to start, because I just think it, it's light, slightly hoppy, but not too much. And yeah, I don't really think, it, it, I, it says on the back, you know, oh, it's citrusy. I don't think it's citrusy.
1: I don't think it's citrusy. I do agree that it's slightly sweet.
2: So I
0: largely agree it is a tiny bit hoppy and those hops i'd say are kind of giving off a field or maybe slight bit of pininess but not a lot but mostly it kind of tastes like a field to me and i would say its biggest selling point is it is very thirst quenching i don't necessarily think it's again representative of all gold nails and i think there's a few that are actually got a little bit more punch about them but what i would say is it is golden in color and a golden nail to me sounds like it should be bloody refreshing yeah and this is very refreshing
2: yeah Agreed.
0: I mean, this is probably... I'd say this is one of the more famous and well-known golden...
2: Yeah, it's, it's one of the more centre kind of stage ones, isn't it?
0: Definitely. So it's named Wainwright after this author, Alfred Wainwright who uh, basically wrote a load of books about the Lakeland Fells walking guides. And you can do, I think if you go up there, you can like do... There's a challenge, it's like the Wainwright Challenge, and you go to every trig point, and it can't be trig points, but every... Oh,
1: you wanted to do this?
0: Yeah, every summit that he went to, or he's written about, it's quite cool. So that, that's kind smash of... Smash you know, a pint on each one of Wainwright? Smash a pint on each one. So yeah, I imagine that's why it's you know in the style it is. But yeah, I mean, I'd, I have had it... I remember the first time I had it, and I had it on cask, and it was... A nice summery day. I hadn't done any team sport, to be clear. First time for everything. Yeah, it (laughs) slipped down. Yeah. It really slipped down. And I think this beer would be... I actually put in my notes that I think this would be very good, like... And I don't cycle, personally. But I imagine if you'd, like, flogged yourself up the hills for a bit all day in the summer, and it was dead hot,
2: I imagine this would probably quench your thirst quite well. For me, if you were, right, we're going to sit in this pub for the next six hours and you're only going to drink one beer, what's it going to be? You know, that would be a good option. That is a good option. That is a good choice because, again, it's very unoffensive, like we're saying about the bitters, but it is quite refreshing. It's got a bit more zing to it you know, I feel like if you're having a bitter, you're kind of sinking into a pint of bitter. You know, after a few, you're kind of slumping in your chair and you're talking a bit. Relaxing. Yeah, you're really kind Loving. of, you're almost dozing off as the other person is talking. Who's who? Um, <laughs> whereas, yeah, with the Wainwrights, I think it is that a bit more, you kind of you drink it a bit faster, a bit of a faster pace. It's got a bit more going for it, but mm. conversely, none of us can really describe what it tastes like, because we all kind of think it it's... It definitely
1: does have the metallic taste. Yeah. I, it def- like, it definitely does, but not in a bad way but it, it's definitely it's definitely there you can smell it and you can taste it afterwards like if you have some and then you just leave you know you don't drink anymore for a while you can definitely taste the metallicness do
0: we agree with beer advocate 3.58 out of 5 and untapped 3.27 out of 5
2: yeah i think that's fair i think it's um it's it's a pretty good beer it's not one of the best beers in the world but i think it's it's a fair i think it does a decent job yeah it does what it says on the tin
1: yeah i agree with that because it, it's hard because in a way you want to score it higher because it's easy to drink you're like well i enjoy drinking it so i'll score it higher but actually you know is it doing anything unusual is it you know changing the rules or anything keeping you guessing yeah it's it's probably not doing that so i'd say you know 3.5 around there is probably fair
0: okay right well i'm just going to quickly bore you with some facts about golden ale. You've
2: been doing that for the last hour.
1: (laughs) I thought you
0: were going to say you've been doing that for the last 11 episodes. Uh, (laughs) So it could have been worse. (laughs) Always room for improvement. So according to camera, usually the colours straw to gold, which I kind of agree. I mean, we've got the same beer. I'd agree this is kind of straw to gold. It's actually 4.4 to 6.4. So this technically drops below that, but I still think it generally... Goes in, or also describes itself as golden, so that's why we've got it. It's fruity, citrusy, potentially strong on the bitter, but I don't, I don't think ours is bitter. I, I think potentially this is a tiny bit of citrusy. Now I've tried a bit of it, but the key thing here is there's minimal malt.
2: Yeah, I there's get not that. a
0: lot of malt knocking about, and I, I wouldn't really say there was. I quite like golden nails when they're quite strawy, so this one kind of touches on that a little bit. Golden Champion by Badger Brewery. That's in my head a kind of classic. Type of gold nail. Also, summer lightning. Oh
1: yeah, I don't yeah, know if yeah.
0: Anyone's ever had that? That I that is probably what I describe
2: as a gold nail, but that's got a bit more punch to it. Do you know what I th- quite enjoy? Though I think it's a bit of a rogue choice, and I think this is going to get a grimace from you, Remy. Though I might be doing you a disservice. The Guinness gold nail, I actually think, is really nice. I've never actually tried it. I think tennis, it's really so good. I don't want to pass judgment yet. I've had it on cask and out of bottle. Obviously, it's quite you get it in the supermarkets out of bottle. I've only ever seen it on cask in a couple of places. It's not bad. So,
0: a bit of background on Golden Ale. Where have we got it? Where does it come from? So, uh, a fairly well-respected beer commentator, Roger Protts, who I believe is a, a food and drink journalist, has his own blog, and I was reading that uh, earlier to talk about sort of uh, the origins. And he reckons Golden Ale kind of dates from the sort of early to mid-1850s, 1800s something like 1830 something like that he reckons that a shepherd knee they unearth some recipes from the mid, early to mid 1800s and they kind of were similar to the golden ale recipes we had now they had a lot of paler malt in them and initially people were thinking oh were they kind of copying what was happening on burton and trent with the pale ales which we will have to do a whole episode on one day but instead they think it was potentially because two things so we start getting glasses in the 1800s as opposed to uh, non-transparent drinking vessels. Ceramics. Yeah, exactly. So if you see a, something transparent, it tends to look nicer if it's light, mm-hmm. generally speaking. But also, paler malt had higher levels of enzymes in it that converted the starch to fermentable sugars. And that meant you could use less malt to create more beer. So anyway. actually cheaper. And then the suggestion is really after that is that golden ale will start to get bigger in the UK late... 1800s early 1900s and then another wave of it getting bigger again in the sort of a sort of 1960s 70s as an alternative to lager in that it was light it was summery and it was kind of a punch back against lager
2: ticked a lot of the lager boxes without being lager
0: yeah and that's interesting because wainwright as i said on its website literally says if you like lager try this badger
1: yeah like i genuinely think if i was somewhere and they had this i might pick to drink this a whole day above drinking lager it's well, got more sweetness. Yeah. But yeah, I think I, I, you've I'm also
2: agree. got to remember that's come out of your fridge. This is probably going to be colder than you're going to get it if you're on cask. And I think that is where they will fall down a lot of places because I know obviously stuff on cask isn't like room temp and it doesn't bother me. Me and Remy both say this is nicer on cask than it is out of bottle. I'm pretty yeah. sure, Myra, if I gave you one of these out of the fridge in a in a glass that had been in a bottle and one a freshly poured pint from cask... And you sip both. And I said, you, which one would you have? You'd probably go for the, the bottle because it's colder.
1: Yeah, because it's cold. And I think that right. is
2: really a stumbling block. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that they need to fucking make all cast beer colder. I don't think that at all. But I think that is where, oh, yeah, it tastes like lager. It's a bit, it's the same colour. You know, it's a bit light. Yeah, but it's not as cold. And people like cold beer. That is kind of where Doesn't, they're always I gonna come unstuck.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think it tastes like lager. No,
2: but it's it's the that profile of its light, it's refreshing. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah, it definitely has more of those properties against some other ales that i've drunk
0: do either of you have any sort of social connotations or any connotations at all with, with golden ale I, I kind of when we start this episode i thought bitter would be the biggest one on this just mm. because i had quite a lot in my own mind but golden ale talk to me about your thoughts who drinks it why'd they drink it where do you think it's prominent why do you think it's prominent
2: fire away this this won't take long yeah, okay cool I've got nothing. no not a lot really i, I think golden ale for me I think flies under the radar a lot of time because people's idea is if you're gonna have an ale, if you want a light ale or a pale ale, you have a pale ale, you know, and that's what people go for, whether it's an IPA or any kind of pale ale. I mean even you know, you said it same as I did. When we were in the super we went to different supermarkets, we both came back with rain lights because that was what they had. There was not a lot of choice. Whereas you know, you look at the in the ale section of the different t- pale ales. There was probably like six or seven. You know, Sharp's Atlantic. You could have got Timmy Taylor's. There was like six or seven different versions of pale pale ales you could buy. Not even including the IPAs. Just the whereas gold nails. There wasn't a great choice. So I do think it, it's it's not I mean, it's obviously not as popular, but I think it doesn't get quite the same looking that pale ales do in the kind of the the pale beer. Chart, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, I again, like much like bitter, I think it's kind of flown under the radar of the crafties as well. uh Hasn't really got that much attention, and I, I, I don't know why I feel this, but I kind of quite strongly associate it with cricket, sort of tr- cricket, traditional sort of British summer drink, agricultural communities, and in my head, it's, it's definitely the preserve of breweries. In, outside of major cities, and you go to these little towns, and you sit in this pub, and the pub's actually lovely. Everyone's dead nice. <laughs> and the people there. are nice, yeah. And the people are nice, yeah, and they will just serve you this all day, and you think it's. You think it's great. You have a nice warm cheese roll that's been out in the sun for six days. I guess I kind of associated them with that ridiculous idyllic view of the British summer, which isn't a real thing. But if you do go to one of those pubs on one of those <laughs> days, you do get it for at least one day.
2: Yeah, it's like living in hot fuzz, really, is what you're yeah. kind of thinking.
0: Okay, well, generally I'd say golden ale to round up is uh, really minimal on the malt usually generically quite summery quite pale for me i always think it's kind of strawy and a little bit citrusy but cameras seem to think it can go fairly strong and can be also quite sort of a bit more i know it sounds ridiculous fruity as opposed to citrusy but kind of non-citrus fruits Uh, i've never encountered that personally but usually i see it's sort of like a strawy beer mixed with a bit of citrus in there usually quite light every now and then you do get a very bitter one but it's like crisp And it it really cuts through you on a summer's day. And I think actually it's probably a little bit of an underrated and missed style.
1: Moving on to the third and final beer, we are drinking Ruby Ale. And Remy and I are drinking the Cranbourne Poacher from Badger Brewery in in Dorset. And I've just cracked it open. And it smells fantastic. It smells like a bit like dandelion and burdock, which I love. And a little bit like a copperberg, which I also love. I think it smells of raisins. Yeah, it smells very, very fruity. Mine like smells dark, like fruity. thinners. Jimmy, would you like to explain what you're drinking?
2: <laughs> I've got, from a brewery, which despise is maybe too strong a word, but I do not like. <laughs> I've got Hobgoblin's Ruby Beer, which is brewed by Witchwood Brewery. It's a lovely five point two percent, and it's thick and heavy. So we're, I'm gonna got a confession for the listeners here,
0: in that I originally wanted to do. Red Ale. And then I couldn't find enough. But then also, which is weird because Red Ale was kind of a fairly big style like four years ago. Couldn't find as much of it. Even though some of them I I really like, really rate them. It's quite big in Ireland. But then also I kind of sort of stumbled upon Ruby Ale. And then as as you know, I was kind of knocking around on the camera website. I couldn't find a definition of Ruby Ale. So I think there potentially some crossover. So really, I guess this, uh, this sort of section is going to be on Ruby Ale. I really couldn't find a lot on the internet about Ruby Ale. But what I did was I kind of pieced together from the camera website different beers that kind of match up to create the taste of a Ruby. Ruby is not my favourite, so I probably won't be waxing lyrical about it, but let's try and give it a decent sort of overview yeah. and we'll talk about potentially where it fits in with camera.
2: How's that going down, Maya? You are smashing that. Let's have a go on it. I mean, compared to the the bitter and the golden, it's got a very thick head on it. You can tell there's a lot of malt in there. There's a lot yeah. of big bubbles. That's And also... That head isn't going anywhere, anywhere quickly. That is going to be there for a little while. I feel.
0: Also, in comparison, it's darker sin. Mm-hmm. So,
1: mm-hmm. my review. Oh. It's very, I would describe blackcurrant, blackberry, kind of wild forest fruits. It's got a very. St- oh my God. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>
2: Is that, is that a, a good fuck
0: or
1: a bad fuck?
0: In realm? all fairness, it's quite nice, but I feel like I've just been slapped around the face. Yeah, it's mm. got a
1: very, very <laughs> strong forest fruit flavour. So, like, as I said... That is
0: amazing. Yeah,
1: as I said earlier, we're drinking the Cranbourne Poacher, which has, like, this kind of... have done that? Very purple-hued label. And if I could describe the taste of this, it would be, like, the colour of this label. It reminds me of, like, purple fruits, like... Forest fruits. It kind of tastes like you're drinking a black forest gatto.
0: <laughs> so on the back, they kind of describe it as having complex flavors of damson and licorice. And I hate licorice. I wouldn't say it's licorice.
1: licorice. I wouldn't say it's licorice. So as we all know, I love something sweet and I love something that isn't hoppy. This is sweet and fruity and not hoppy. My only negative against this beer would be, it's got quite an, what I would describe as an iron taste yeah a little bit it's yeah. got quite like an like an iron, not not metallic but like purely like irony and i think if that didn't exist i could absolutely
2: pound drink. these
1: yeah I, I Re- and that's dangerous because they're 5.7 percent.
0: i think this is actually the, probably the best this is probably the best ruby beer i've ever had normally and i know what yours tastes like jim <laughs> mm. And in, but this, this is like, I mean, I wouldn't drink a lot of it. I'd probably have one pint every now and then. I think it's probably more wintry, even though it's mm. quite fruity. But it's, I think it's very impressive what they've done with them all. I can understand why it's won a few awards. It, it's really nice. Jim, tell me what you think of Hobgoblin. No, sorry. Hob, is it Hobgoblin? it is Hobgoblin,
2: yeah. And then I will tell you how I would describe the taste of that beer. I mean, they say that it's brewed with smooth and rich chocolate and crystal malts and a blend of fuggles and strurian golden hops expect a delicious full-bodied toffee flavor and a fruity finish of figs raisins and dates now i get what they're getting at there i agree with you know it's got a very very rich malty flavor and smell you can kind of smell the chocolatey taste it doesn't do a lot for me though it's it's very metallic like Maya said, you know, it's that kind of overly malty it is and you know, although we're drinking different beers, I know what Maya was saying, she said it was irony. It's not an unpleasant taste, but it's too rich for me. Like, I wouldn't want to have pints of this. It just, it's a bit like a pudding. Yes. Well. Yeah,
1: Black Forest Gatto. Mm. It's like drinking a Black Forest Gatto.
2: It ours tastes nice, Maya. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> I would describe Hobgoblin as tasting like a gone-off Christmas pudding, personally. It's like a mass-produced version.
1: Do you know what this is making me think of? Is, it's like November, December, January. It's cold outside. We're in. We're in England, or Wales, or Scotland, or Northern Ireland, or Ireland, wherever you are. We're in...
0: We're not... Just exclusively for people within the British Isles, to be yeah, clear. But um, we welcome all nationalities and creeds. <laughs> Especially
2: our Japanese yeah. listeners.
1: <laughs> Especially
0: the two of you somewhere in Japan Persevering with us. I don't know how you're doing it, but um, you know, if you ever come over here or we happen for whatever reason to go to
2: Japan. <laughs>
0: We, we Yeah, we owe you a pint of Yibishu or whatever it is. Maybe you could buy some sake. But
1: yeah, this reminds me of like being in a proper British pub on a Sunday. You maybe got a bit drunk on the weekend and you've gone to the pub on a Sunday and you're just going to sit inside and it's raining outside and all the windows are fogged up and you're just going to sit there for the whole day. And this. I would
2: be drinking bitter
1: the
0: whole day. You're gonna drink this. I would drink this for the whole day. day? day.
2: dishwish. Remy, you're looking after her. She's your, yeah. she's officially your problem. I'm gonna tell you a few things here. One, shit-faced. Too two, two, sick. Two sick. Three,
0: headache. Yeah. Four, the next morning, bottom. And five, <laughs> after the bottom, your guts are gonna churn like a dodgy
1: clothes I dryer. I could drink. I reckon I could drink. Five pints of this, no problem. Yeah, and
2: you never would again. I'm gonna hold you to that. Next time I see <laughs> you,
1: <laughs> this specific one. Yeah, this we
2: specific need to go to a I've badger brewery pub. Never seen on draft. I actually, uh, I know a
0: badger brewery pub. In the city we live in, okay, and we will be going there, and you, I'll, I'll pay for the. Will
1: five will it be winter? It's raining outside. There's condensation on the window because that was the specific stipulation. Yeah, that we can gave. make
0: that happen. Yeah, winter
2: happens no, every it year. It will be May, but it'll be eight o'clock in the evening. <laughs> we'll make you sit outside in a t-shirt, so you're extra cold. <laughs> (laughs)
0: you'll have just done a 50 kilometre cycle
2: or played some team sport you wouldn't you wouldn't
0: drink this (laughs) so cramble and poacher so we have it down as beer advocate 3.44 and untapped 3.5
1: in regards to the cramble and poacher i'm also very aware that my beer tastes are quite different to probably the average untapped user i think 3.5 is slightly harsh 3.5 Three point five if you're judging against all beer, fair enough. But if you're thinking of just Ruby Ale, I can't see how any Ruby Ale could be better than this. And what are you thinking for, for Hobgoblin, which is somehow less than rated higher? No, on yours beer is three point,
2: Oh yeah, sorry, I'm only on Untapped. I'm three point four three on Untapped and you're three point five. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got off lightly there. Um I mean even if you look at the pictures of people posting their their you know, people at home like, Oh yeah, yeah. my can of Hobgoblin It does not look like a tasty drink. You know, like people are like, yeah, look at this with a bit of lighting in the background. It makes it, you know, it looks like a pint of sewage water. It's... Yeah. Do you know, the flavour's not great. It's not that pleasant. But there is no way you could make me have more than one of these. I think if I had one, you know, if it was in the fridge and someone brought it out, I'd drink it out of courtesy. But there's no way I'm going back for a second one.
1: I honestly (laughs) think if you could remove the irony taste of this this would be like my favorite drink it would be my favorite drink because i love anything that's like currant e do you know what i mean black currant blackberry those sort of flavors they're like my favorite flavor in anything it's not overly sweet you know you think about things like copperberg or or things that are
2: they fur your teeth
1: yeah exactly they're really sweet this doesn't have that sweetness which i think is why i really like it but it is just slightly too metallic metallic
2: and that's the malt i think unfortunately
1: yeah but it's not metallic in the same way as the wainwright was yeah the wainwright was quite metallic to me but this feels very different like i say the wainwright tastes Tasted like copper. <laughs> this tastes like you know iron. You
2: know your medals.
1: <laughs> yeah. This tastes like solid iron to me. All those um,
2: iron ingots you've been chewing on in your evening. Yeah. <laughs> Rem, I'd be quite interested to get Maya to try the Hobgoblin at some point, to try it in comparison, because obviously she's really, really singing the praises of this, of your beer, the poacher. It would be potentially her favorite drink not a favorite beer her favorite drink full stop if it wasn't for the the metallic taste
1: can't you see S- that though knowing that- my taste can't you see that without the metallic taste this could literally be
0: i do see that so to confirm you prefer this to old peculiar which went down quite well with you
1: yeah because i'm a sucker for anything black currant
0: it is very I, I know you've not had it jim try and get you a bottle but it, it
2: <laughs> i, 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 I can f- i'll
0: trade you for a bottle of this okay i'm not gonna trade you for that but at at the front it like it does like slap
2: you in the face with a load of like blackberries basically it kind of took me aback i feel like mine is like a mass-produced watered down version of yours because i I, everything you're saying i get it but not in a nice way if that makes sense i kind of understand you're like oh yeah you can really taste the fruit it's like a bit of like syrup kind of at the fruit like and I'm like, mm, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but that doesn't sound like a good thing. So, I quite like red ale. Red ale is usually kind
0: of light brown to black, but also a bit reddish. It can be up to 6.4%, and usually it's pretty malty, uh, but it can be quite tart in my experience. And that apparently, it, from my research, is down to the high prominence of a rye. And the rye being prominent can help it have that red hue, but add some tartness. As I said, we couldn't actually find red ale in time to I was going to just say, podcast. I don't think there's any
2: rye in my...
0: No. And and normally I would have just sacked it off until I found a ruby ale. And then I thought, okay, ruby, is it related to red? And then couldn't find anything on camera about ruby. So I thought I'd stick it in just to get an idea of what actually the chuff is going on. So I describe a ruby ale, as we've kind of banged on about it over the past 20 minutes, as being quite fruity, a little bit, not, I wouldn't say hoppy, but very fruity and quite bitter at the back. Very malty. Yeah, malty, fruity, Obviously quite dark, a bit red, and Ruby's very similar. And when I looked on camera, I'd say that actually it was a combination of two styles they described. So one being the red ale, in that it's red. It's quite red. And the other, and the American red can be a bit fruitier. So I thought, you know, that's kind of similar to what we've got here. And then also brown ale, which camera described largely as having quite fruity flavors as raisins or sultanas with some like sort of caramel chocolate notes. So I think, I don't know why Ruby's not mentioned by camera, but I just thought it was quite interesting and worth noting anyway. Maybe another day we'll do red ale itself, which also has quite an interesting backstory. Okay, so, we're on to the Supermarket Sweep! Right, so, Supermarket Sweep, we kind of started this the other week. Essentially, what we do here is we have a scenario where you're going around to someone's house and you need to choose the beer to bring with you to fit the scenario. So, the first week we did this, we had the overbearing masculine father and uh, luckily Jim had some real-world experience there and we all kind of tipped him with what we'd bring and why. But this week, it is... You have just been invited around your friend's house for dinner. And a couple of drinks. And that friend is your stereotypical influencer who has just returned from Dubai. That's the kind of influencer they are. They go to the UAE every every year or whatever. You've been asked to uh, bring a beer over uh, and go for a chat. What beer do you bring? So, Maya, over to you, your supermarket sweet choice.
1: So, I have chosen to bring Lost and Grounded. Want to go to the sun? Nice. So, I picked this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, it says want to go to the sun. They've just got back from Dubai. Bit of a bit of a joke on them. Good shout. Now they're back in the UK. The second reason I picked it is because it's not a common brewery and you know if they're an influencer they're going to want something that's a bit different. And thirdly because I thought the can was very instagrammable. So it's a lovely it's actually a big can which I liked also it's a 440 rather than a 330 and it's all sort of reds orange and <laughs> those are rookie
2: those are rookie numbers just you wait
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's all sort of reds oranges and yellows and I thought it looked yeah like it would look really good in the hand of an influencer. It's a pale ale which wouldn't be what I'd necessarily pick to drink, but it is what it is. I, I went, in typical influencer style, I went more for the look than the substance. Well,
0: you don't know that. You, you've not tried it yet. could be nice.
1: Yeah. I'm going to open it now, and I'll tell you what I think. But before I tell you that, Jimmy, why don't you tell us what you've got?
2: So, following in your footsteps, I also thought it's all about the aesthetics here. You want something that's very photogenic very Instagrammable, um, very recognisable. It doesn't really matter what it tastes like, is kind of the honest answer, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be completely vapid. (laughs) So I went with Sapporo Original Premium Beer. Interesting. It's massive. We're talking 650ml here. And I think, one, it is a premium beer is quite expensive it's not ridiculously expensive you know it's still it's only two or three pounds a can we're not in stupid money but i think it's i've always thought this It is a gorgeous can of beer i know that <laughs> sounds ridiculous you know it's kind of edged all the way around it looks really smart i just thought it doesn't really matter what it tastes like and it is it's, it's all right lager i don't don't get me wrong it, it's fine for a beer i think it's not worth the money, if you know what I mean, in regards to the actual quality of beer you get out the can. But the can does look great. You know, I don't think you can beat that for what it looks
1: like. Fabulous. And Remy, what have you brought before we get onto tasting notes?
0: So I think, I, to be clear, I respect fully much both your choices. I understand completely why you've gone for them. I... Don't think it's an industry that should exist. <laughs> so I'm gonna abs- abstain, or <laughs> I'd either abstain. No, no, I've, tr- I've kind of brought a bit of a challenge to them. And admittedly, it's a challenge I've never tried before, so I've no idea what this beer tastes like, and I don't even know how to pronounce it. Mackison's Mackeson's, Makesons, Mackeson's Stout. Oh, lovely! Which I believe is from 1907, <laughs> from a brewery in Hive in Kent, and I think I. I done some cursory research around it. It's a a milk stout, so it's got some lactose sugars in there to to really milk it up. And it's only 2.8%. So not very crafty, necessarily, but evidently drinkable. It's dead old-fashioned, and I think potentially was the kind of thing that would have been given to people in hospitals to get them better. And this is my... And I understand the irony before anyone calls me out, in that we run a fucking beer podcast, so that... I don't know, it's a crossover industry, isn't it? But also... I have no time for influencers. For self-grandizing. Sorry. I just, I do, I'm not really keen on it. I don't really, but also, admittedly, you know, I don't really understand it. So, I probably shouldn't be slagging it all off. I'm sure people who are influencers and like influence are perfectly nice individuals, and um, and fair enough, each to their own. But at the same
2: time, uh, I'm coming up with very much two fingers up against. I was about them. to say. So basically, you're you you've gone to this meal, putting two fingers up to them. You're eyeballing them and saying. Try this whilst on Instagram Live. I want to watch you kind of... Uh, uh, that's, that.
0: As you know, I'm not particularly confrontational. Passively, and you are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not openly confrontational. But this is one of the few times I thought, you know what, let's break the mould. Yeah. Anyway, uh, on to pouring of the beers.
1: Mine is oh a gosh. lovely pale colour. Quite hazy. Yeah, definitely can't see through it. It's got quite a sour smell. As I would describe it. On tasting, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely fruity. It's definitely got a kind of orangeness to it, but it's also got that kind of sour back of throat thing that I fucking hate. So I probably wouldn't drink it again, but the can is very pretty. So for this purpose, I think it's good. Remy, would you like to try this so that you can give a more beer appropriate review?
2: Has he drank the stout yet, or is this before? Not drink? yet. Oh, yeah, to good. clarify, I don't
0: believe anyone's opinion is greater than the other one. So I just want. Yeah, to but I
1: around. don't. I don't know anything about beer. Well,
2: you've been doing this for ten weeks now. You should know <laughs> more than the average man.
0: Lady? It just tastes like a generically really fruity pale ale, I'll be yeah. honest. Like there's probably about thirty of those on the market, I imagine. It's it's not unpleasant, like on a summer's day it's probably nice, it wouldn't be my go to. As everyone knows, that'd be a nice point of bitter. But yeah, it's fairly nice. I imagine it after a quick game of team sport that would slip down quite well. <laughs>
2: Especially after a quick game of team sport. Yeah,
0: it's a bit com com si
1: I think similar to a lot of influencer culture, I'm not going to personally call out influencers because I do definitely follow quite a few um, and I do definitely maybe subscribe to that more than Remy does. But maybe a bit similarly, it looks very nice and very pretty and takes a fantastic photo but doesn't necessarily deliver what you really need.
2: You're saying it's all Photoshop
1: allegedly yeah
0: what about you jim what are you thinking, mate?
2: it's quite a heady pour obviously it's a big can you know you feel like
0: <laughs> you have alluded to that yeah yeah
2: um it's a very malty color a bit like we were saying earlier it's you know it's very amber. it's a bit like we were saying about the hop head it's that kind of dark colour. Mal- it looks color. delicious
1: it's, it's quite
2: nice it's very malty i don't actually think you'd like it to be honest Maya. it's a bit oh no it's a bit malty and it is a bit coppery especially considering this is a lager it's um if it wasn't so fizzy you'd think it could be an ale i think it's quite nice i don't think i'd be queuing up for it i think if you said to me do you want you uh, sit a drink a load of these or a load of asahi sticking to the japanese beer i'd probably go for the asahi i think it's more easy drinking but i mean this can you know it really does feel like there's some weight to that it feels like if you threw that through you could get that through a window if you really wanted to (laughs) you know you would not want to take one of these to the noggin you would know about it the next day. And it's, I can't even really crush it. I don't know what they're made out of. or It's just because it's the way they, it's kind of got all these bends in it. But you can't crush that can. I you know, i am trying to crush that You're can. Really, <laughs> your hands gone white. Yeah. It's <laughs> nothing. that. like right, yours, Rem. It's very stouty looking. You know what? I think I've
0: just discovered a, a much underrated little addition to my cupboard. If for something that's 2.8%, it's a bang full of flavour. Where's it from? I've never seen it before, to be honest. Waitrose? No, 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 it's from Tesco. You can get this literally... I've seen this for years and I've never had it. You can pretty much get it anywhere.
2: Oh, okay.
0: And it's like... Were you able to get one can of it? Do you have to buy a pack? No, no, no I got four. It's like three fifty for four or something. So a can's only... It's a dinky little one. Uh, and there are some slightly worrying things on the ingredients list. Water, malted barley, sugar, lactose, hops and caramel. So lactose is fine because it's a milk stout, hops. But the caramel and the sugar, a bit much. What does it taste like? In all fairness, for something that's 2.8%, it's fairly full of flavour. You get a lot of that sort of dark, roasty stuff at the start, and then it goes a bit sweet at the end. So, and you get a little bit of like smoothness from the lactose. Maya, do you want to give it so a little sip?
2: Just, I think it's decent. Especially care. now you've just had a try of your ultra-light sour beer. I'd like to see the comparison. <laughs> And obviously it's darker sin.
1: It smells like an ashtray. Oh, tasty.
2: Mmm, she's loving it.
0: I actually think you wouldn't dislike it, Jim. Oh, I think I'd quite like it.
1: Do you know what? It it definitely tastes smoky. That's the taste from it I'd take. It's got a very smoky taste. Just going back to my beer want to go to the sun lost and grounded I feel I was unnecessarily harsh on it now that I've let the ruby beer settle I think it was just suffering for going after that and I think had I just been given this I would have gone this is a delightfully fruity beer it's very fruity very fresh does have a bit of sourness and hoppiness so for that I probably wouldn't be able to drink multiple of it but for one cold it's lovely Okay,
0: how do we think each of our beers is going down with our influencer friend? Are they actually drinking them or just looking at them? They're fucking <laughs> drinking them. They're drinking oh. them. They're looking at them. They're living the experience.
1: Do you know what? I think mine's going down pretty well. It's in a it's in a pretty can. It's also not something that's very well known. So they're ahead of the curve. That you know you know they're. They're breaking boundaries. Mm. And it's also, I can't see how anyone could be offended by this. It's a fruity pale ale. And I think my influencer mate is absolutely loving it. What about you, Jim?
2: I think mine is getting the most likes on Instagram, which, let's be honest, is all it's about. (laughs) could taste like horse piss, but if it looks good, right, one, it's imported. Two, it says premium on the can. So it must be premium, because if it says it, it must be true.
1: Also, the can shape kind of looks like a Starbucks Keep Cup flask yeah. shape. Do you, you know what I mean? You
2: could chop the lid off that, put coffee in it, recycle,
0: yeah. good
1: for the
2: planet. Thank
0: you very also, much. There's a challenge there. Can you crush the Sapporo can?
2: Yeah, and I cannot. <laughs> is the answer? To, I could, if I if I gave it both hands, yeah. But one hand, I mean, I could get my thumb in. I can dent it, crush it. Absolutely not. Taste the beer. I mean it's a very very average lager. It's very malty, which is fine, but it's it at the same time it's quite bland. So it's not the best tasting beer on earth, but I don't let's be honest, I don't think they're drinking the beer. They're taking pictures of the beer, they're not drinking the beer. It's not going to look good in the photos apart from in the can. But yeah. Know. I think I'd have won points when I brought it out of the bag. Like, oh, wow, that's really cool. That's really interesting. Oh, is that from Japan? Oh, I've been to Japan. And then I just have to hear 20 minutes of guff about Japan. Mm. You know what? Mine. Whereas I think yours, you've upset someone, and that's made you very happy. You
0: know what? I've had a change of heart. Not from the upsetting. Happy to upset people. I think if I whipped it out there and then, they'd be like, what the chuff is that? They wouldn't be particularly happy. I don't think they'd enjoy the taste. But I've completely revised my strategy. I'm still bringing the same beer. Still bringing Macassons, Macassons. You've you've committed. Still bringing that beer. But I'm going to give it a backstory. And it's going to be a really fucking trendy, cool backstory. And then this beer is going to be everywhere... Yeah, I, now I've kind of settled these horrible things call it bad because I don't think I'm a particularly mean person but at the same time I do think it's... I know you. Okay, so to round up then, I think we've kind of covered the fact that within Ale it's not one massive blob and even within Bitter, Golden and Ruby even though we don't even know what Ruby is really that we have three very distinct beers in a weird way even though Golden and Bitter could potentially be linked and I think there will definitely be a series out of the back of that because there are about 30 million other styles of Ale that again, taste completely different from each other. <music>
1: thanks very much for listening guys i hope you enjoyed our conversation about ale and this week's version of supermarket sweep if you enjoyed the episode please make sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts we greatly appreciate it and give us a follow over on instagram where our handle is at lager podcast we post mini reviews and chat general shit about beer thank you so much for listening bye oh,